0: Welcome to the Being Dad Podcast, Episode 3, Circumindecision. On today's show, a discussion on circumcision for newborn sons. Is it, or was it, a hard decision with you with regards to doing it or not? I know I've spent a lot of time researching and thinking about the topic, and I'll discuss that. We'll have a look at some do's and don'ts for dads in the delivery room. How's that for alliteration? Apparently, playing with your smartphone is a don't. We'll talk about that some more. And on the Tech Time segment, I've got a Boogie Man radar smartphone app, a digital bath scout cover, and more. Stay tuned. again for joining me on the Being Dad podcast. You're tuned into episode three. My name is Stephen Beattie, and this is the show where we join together in an attempt to survive being dad for all of you who are working on being dad and those who support you. I can't believe that at the time of this episode's recording, I'm only seven weeks away from the stork visit now, and time is sure a flying. If you remember, our due date is is March 16th, 2012. If you're new to the show, thanks for having a listen, and feel free to check out the earlier shows. You can subscribe on iTunes, the BlackBerry podcast app, the BeingDadPodcast.com website, of course, your favorite podcast catcher, and now on Stitcher Radio. Yes, there's an app for that. Stitcher Radio on your smart device or online at stitcher. s t i t c h e r. dot com. It's all free, and of course, feel free to email me with any thoughts or show ideas. My email address is Stephen with a V at beingdadpodcast.com. dot <laughs> Like I mentioned in the intro, I wanted to talk about a decision that parents are usually presented with, in the Western world anyway, when they have a newborn son. And that is the decision regarding whether to circumcise or not. Now, this topic might be a bit of an uncomfortable one for some to discuss, but I do think it's an important topic and one that does receive a great deal of thought and discussion behind the scenes for many, many parents. I definitely, definitely know it's something that dads often spend a lot of time thinking about, so I thought it worthwhile to bring up here on the podcast. For me personally, I have been thinking about what I would want if we have a boy, and of course I've discussed it with my wife Michelle. I've also had conversations with work colleagues and other dad friends about the issue, and I've seen a great deal of chat about the circumcision decision on online discussion forums directed towards dads. For example, I've been on one forum for new fathers, and there is a discussion topic on circumcision there, which has hundreds of replies in the thread and over 30,000 views. That's the brandnewdad.com discussion forum if you want to have a look. Now, before we jump into the discussion, though, I just want to say that I have no strong feelings either way, and I'm not here to try and convince you to go one way or the other. I have no religious or cultural influences on my decision personally, nor do I have any moral or ethical issues against circumcision. I'm just here to provide some information stimulate some thought and conversation and perhaps that will help you with choosing a path that feels best for you and your partner I think it's important to learn about issues like this so you can make a decision that is informed I guess that's really the best that can be expected from us being dads and moms is that we educate ourselves on the issues make informed decisions and then hope for the best As you know, male circumcision is the surgical removal of the foreskin of the penis. It's a surgical procedure that is done on newborns with a local anesthetic, which means they just freeze or block pain in the area rather than using a general anesthetic that would put the baby down to sleep. If circumcision is done on an older child or an adult, they often will use a general anesthetic at that point. Circumcision can be done because of religious or cultural beliefs, family traditions, or for preventative health care, which generally refers to the prevention of infection in the area, which can sometimes lead to the need for circumcision as an adult. And there is also mention in the literature that men who have been circumcised may have a decreased risk of contracting sexually transmitted infections and may decrease the risk for developing penile cancers. There is some debate about whether circumcision affects sexual pleasure in a negative way, but the Mayo Clinic states that, and I quote, circumcision is not generally thought to enhance or detract from sexual pleasure for men or their partners, end quote. Like I said, there is some debate on that issue. Currently, when it comes to newborn circumcision, it is generally agreed upon by the various medical associations that the benefits of circumcision are not great enough to recommend that it be a routine procedure for all newborns. So they will usually leave the decision up to the parents. There are some risks, of course, as there are with any surgical procedure. And again, according to the Mayo Clinic, the risks include pain, excessive bleeding, infection, and the cutting of the foreskin too short or too long, which can cause some issues that may need to be corrected in the future. I will be putting my references in my show notes, by the way, so definitely you can check them out further at your leisure. There's a ton of information out there, as you can imagine, and it can be a bit overwhelming. If you were to Google circumcision, in fact, I did just that. I got 14 million hits back. But generally, if you stick to medical association websites like the Canadian Medical Association or the American Academy of Pediatrics, you can get some trusted, up-to-date information there. Mayo Clinic is another good resource as well, mayoclinic.com. Like I said before, I'm a registered nurse myself by profession, so if you would like some help sort of navigating the system a bit or finding a trusted source of information, just drop me an email and I can try to help as best I can. Getting back to my nursing background, I did observe a circumcision being done on a newborn when I was a nursing student back in the late 1990s. I found the experience to be difficult to watch, and it really you know, gave me the heebie-jeebies, to be honest. It just seemed a little traumatic. Now, like I said earlier, I have no moral or ethical issues with circumcision, and I'm not trying to convince you either way, but it was an experience to see for sure. The baby was strapped down to a surface that had its arms out to the side, and his legs strapped down as well. It almost looked like a crucifixion. The physician applied a local freezing to the foreskin area, both with a cream and a needle. Then they have a tool which they use, which slips under the foreskin to separate it from the head of the penis, and that allows the physician to then cut off the foreskin. The penis is then wrapped in some gauze, and that's pretty much that. There might be a ring, sort of a hard plastic ring around the area that was cut to help lessen the bleeding. The whole process took about 10 minutes. Of course, the baby was not happy throughout the experience and cried through the whole thing. But once he was removed from the surface, wrapped up, and taken back to his mom, he settled down pretty quickly. It then takes about a week or so for everything to heal up well, and infections are not really all that common with regular care. Now, maybe you're asking yourself if me seeing this done is affecting my decision to have it done if I have a son or not, and the answer to that question is yes, if I'm being honest. The thought of my little guy strapped down like that does make me uncomfortable, even if it is only for 10 minutes. But with that said, I myself was circumcised as a newborn, and I don't think I've suffered any post-traumatic stress from that experience, so maybe I shouldn't be concerned about it with my son, if I do have a son. Michelle and I haven't really come to a circumcision decision yet, and I think we'll probably not make one until we're in the hospital and know the gender. Now, if you have any thoughts or advice yourself on the circumcision decision, feel free to email me, and perhaps I can share uh, some of your thoughts in in future episodes. (laughs) Next up on the Being Dad podcast, the do's and don'ts for dads in the delivery room. Have you been wondering if it's okay to play a video game in between contractions? Is it okay to put your feet up with some McDonald's while your significant other isn't allowed to have anything to eat or drink? What about watching TV? Jan Faulkner on mysoras.com has a great list of tips for dads in the delivery room, and here are a, a few of my favorites. Do be friendly with the labor nurses, but don't flirt with them. No matter what happens in labor, Never say "ooh, gross." Don't hog the TV remote. If she's comfortable enough to catch up on her favorite shows, then you're watching Oprah. Okay, okay, this this is all good information here so far. Here's some more tips from Colcraft.com: the don't list. Don't lose it. Take a quick breath in the hall to regroup if you need to. Don't whine. Don't complain. Don't turn on the TV or surf the web if she has not said it's okay. The do list, do encourage her by telling her how well she is doing. Do try to anticipate her needs by asking her if she needs her back rubbed. Does she need ice chips, etc.? And do make sure the staff knows her wishes and is following them. Okay, this this is good. I'm feeling more confident and comfortable on what I should and shouldn't be doing. Finally, some more do's and don'ts from Aaron Van Vernon on Bump.com. Don't go to sleep. Do push through it. Don't forget the camera, but do use it wisely. And don't stare at the flat screen. Do help her focus. Well, this is all great information for us, I think. Basically, we just need to make sure that we're focused on supporting her as best as we can. And remember that she is our number one priority. No video games unless she wants to play with us. No TV unless she wants to watch, and then the remotes in her hand. Keep it together, but if you do need to lose it, try to do it in the hallway. Get yourself back together, and then get back in the room for her. Yep, I I think we can do this, guys. Either in the next week's show or in the week after, I will be talking about making a delivery plan between you and your spouse so you can better prepare for the big day when it comes. Call me a Boy Scout, but I think being prepared is really the key to having a great experience. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Well, maybe not everyone's favorite, but at least two people. It's time for at least two people's favorite segment of the show, Tech Time. First up this week on Tech Time, a Boogeyman Radar iPhone app. Yes, I'm not kidding. It's a Boogeyman Radar. You can find it in the app store by the developer 2Think, T-W-O-Think. It's a $0.99 application, which scans the room for Boogeyman with the hope that you'll then be able to convince your Boogeyman phobic youngster that there are no boogeymen in the closet or under the bed or anywhere else in the room. It uses the phone's camera to place a video image of your phone with a green radar-like overlay. The application then scans the room looking for boogeymen, and then comes back with an all-clear. Now, I do have the app on my phone, so I'm going to bring it up and uh, we'll see if there's any boogeyman in my little recording studio here. there. So you want to make sure it's safe to go to bed? Let me walk you through the Monster Scanner app. I hope you can hear that. First, make sure the lights are on in the room you're scanning. Next, press the large red scan room button and start scanning your room. Make sure to check the closet and under the bed. And we're scanning now. We're getting our results. This room is all clear. The room is all clear. Well, there you go. That's pretty handy, pretty cool. Not sure how well this will come up over the podcast, uh, but you can always go and head to the App Store and and have a look at it yourself. Now, it's not supposed to actually come back with any actual boogeyman alerts or boogeyman spotted alarms, so feel free to scan away. Next on Tech Time, digital spout covers for your bathtub faucet. Now, what a great invention this is. And uh, there are a number of different brands and makers of similar products. So I'm just discussing the spout covers in general. But you can buy these plastic covers that go over the faucet in the bathtub. When you then turn on the water, the water runs through the spout cover and provides a digital readout on the screen, which gives you information on the water temperature. Some displays are color-coded, so you can check the temperature visually from a distance. Green for a good temperature, red for too hot, and blue for too cold. This gives you the ability to run the water in preparation for bathing your child and monitor the temperature while both your hands are undressing the little one or cleaning up a diaper or something like that. Pretty cool. You can find water spout covers at your local child care store, or of course you can Google it to find it somewhere online. Finally on Tech Time this week, the Why Cry Baby Crying Analyzer. If you find yourself frustrated trying to determine why your baby is crying, perhaps the Cry Analyzer can help. This product states that it can teach the parents how to distinguish between the different types of cries coming from the baby. They claim a 90% accuracy rate from, and I'm quoting, leading research facilities, unquote. Okay, uh, I'd like to see those study reports. But if you're thinking this might be the purchase you've been waiting for, they're available on Amazon.com for about 30 bucks. Just search for the Why Cry Baby crying analyzer well that's it for the being dad podcast this week thanks again very much for joining me and I hope you'll continue to join me in the future feel free to email me with any comments suggestions or questions have a great week and I'll see you next time on the being dad podcast